G'day and welcome to Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm bringing you my Perth Property Market Updates. They're my favorite episodes where I get to take a deep dive into the Perth sale market and the rental market, go into the factors, driving demand, what I see for the year ahead. It's going to be a hot 2023 in the Perth market. I'm already seeing lots of activity by buyers out and about, many migrants and East Coast investors. And that's why I'm calling Perth the quiet achiever at the moment. I'm going to go into why in this episode. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. Let's jump straight into the sale market. And the number of properties for sale at the moment is at 7,261. It's 10.4% less than the same time last year, which just goes to show how tight our market is. And I am perceiving that to be because there's a still a bit of a lack of confidence. And you'd understand why when you watch the news and you see all the negative media talking about Sydney and Melbourne, when people are fearful, they tend to do nothing and that's resulting in a, in a lot less stock on the market. So things are very tight at the sort of tightest level since I've been recording very few options. When good properties come on the market, they're selling very quickly and we've got a bit of a two-speed market at the moment. So the housing market's doing very well. Unit market's still struggling a, a fair bit. It is better, but it's still struggling. Now, let's go into the number being sold each week. Over the last uh, weeks, we've averaged around the 850s. We're at 862 sales per week over the last week. We typically see this level to be a bit higher. And I'm putting that down to just the availability of stocks not there. So it's actually 10% less than the same time last year. So our stock's 10% less and our numbers being sold each week's 10% less. Still historically very high and still showing that we're in a seller's market. So I think if we can get a bit more stock on, the sales will follow too. Because of that, our inventory has remained unchanged since January 22. So although there's less stock, there's less, a few less buyers and we're relatively unchanged in our inventory being with just two months of supply in the property market for people to purchase before all properties would be gone. So very tight. Then we look at the median house price. This is currently at 540000 And over the last year, it's only changed from five twenty-five a year a year ago. So about a 5% change. And I'm often thinking about why hasn't our median price changed by more? And we have to think about what is the median? Well, it means half the homes are selling for above that price and half the homes are selling for below that price. Now, a lot of our activity in the market at the moment is towards the lower end, and that end of the market's growing the fastest now. So when more of those properties are selling, and they're selling, you know, even in one sale, you can have a 10% increase straight away on what the last sales might have been. But that doesn't translate through to the median, the overall median for Perth getting pushed up. So don't take the top level median house price as being your guide as to whether to get into an overall capital city. There's plenty of opportunity for growth in the lower end at say 400 to 600k in the shorter term. 
and there's plenty of value to still buy in the middle to top end of our market for the longer term. If you compare where our market's at compared to Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, so much value here and that's what's going to drive prices moving forward because the rental yields are so good. Our population growth is likely to be high. Everyone chasing the good economic jobs on offer. And I'll go more into those things in a minute. Don't want to get carried away. I'm reining myself back in. So when it comes to the median unit price, we're at actually 400000 which is showing a decrease on a year ago in the median is up an extra 15000 So again, does this mean that your unit price has dropped? It depends. We'd have to check onto the specifics, but it's showing that more lower end units are selling at the moment. And that's where I'd attest to that. People are chasing value more to counter the rising interest rates, chasing value with houses and with units to so that you get better rental yields in the lower end. And that's what's attracting people to both when you're an investor anyway. So median land price relatively unchanged over the last year. Not really much activity happening either. And not much land's getting created and not much activity because buyers are struggling still to stomach the price of building and the time periods involved. Hopefully towards the end of this year, we might see those prices for building start coming down and making feasible to actually do a development and feasible for a homeowner to want to actually build new. So that needs to correct itself before we see any pressure on land prices coming up again. Now, the median selling days is a very key indicator and shows just how quickly things are moving in our market when once they come on for sale. And in December, we had an, a median selling days of 15 days for houses, which is incredibly low and in line with our long-term you know, low that we've had across most of last year. It did pick up a little bit in September when we had a bit more stock on market, but it's very quickly got back down to 15 days. And that's a great sign for pressure continuing and prices continuing to increase over the shorter term. Now, the Perth rental market, let's take a deep dive into this. So the number for rent is at a historical low of 1,976. It's a further 14% down on the number for rent compared to the same time last year. Our office, we've got 920-odd properties under management. We've only got 15 available for rent. That is just crazy. Normally at this time, we would have 40 to 45 properties available for rent. Many tenants are staying put because they don't want to move. They know how difficult it would be to move. So what's happening is they're preferring to pay an increase in rent to stay where they are and not go through the hassle of moving. So this vacancy rate at 0.5 is one of the lowest levels that I've ever seen that I believe's ever historically been recorded in Perth. And it's 28% down on last year. So such few properties actually available compared to the total rental supply. And our vacancy rate is around half what the vacancy rate in Perth is. So very few vacant and actually available. And I think it's only going to get worse this year too, which is good news for investors. Rents will continue to increase, but it's also crazy levels and we'd like to see a bit more available so tenants can actually change over. Properties can actually be sold and have a tenant move out more easily. And we're, it's certainly crazy levels at home opens where we've got 30 to 50 people coming to most and many applications to choose from. It doesn't mean there's always a lot of quality to choose from. So we are having to keep going deeper and finding the best tenant we can. Now, 
median rent has spiked up over the last three months since I last came to you. We're now at 5.30 per week and it's supposed to say about a 10% increase on the same time last year, in January last year. We were sitting on sort of 4.50 for quite a while. We finally got up above our previous high of 4.80 per week and now we seem to be really pushing through and I expect we're going to see about a 10% increase in rent over 2022 ahead. So the rental inventory is showing that we've got only 0.6 of a month available. So extremely tight, just another measure showing that we're 28% down on the same time last year and how quickly properties are renting. And uh, that's really going to underpin prices and give further room despite increasing in interest rates, we're going to have these increasing rents to offset that. Now, property clock timing. Let's have a look at where Perth sits relative to the other capitals and where some of the, I guess, market commentators and researchers are putting Perth at the moment. So this is the national property clock for houses produced by Heron Todd White. Perth's been now labelled as being approaching peak of market. So that's interesting. I'd probably agree with it, but it can spend a while at this time and it is just an overall classification and not, you know, suburb specific. So it's showing that Melbourne is starting to decline, that Adelaide's starting to decline and that Brisbane and Sydney are in declining markets and be interesting to see when they switch around to approaching the bottom and bottoming out. And I suspect even if we hit our peak over the next 12 to 18 months, I think unlike previous times where we've sat and and trended sideways and if not, you know, had large declines because we overshot things, I think there's still so much relative value of Perth compared to the other capitals. I can't see us staying down for long when we do go through our cycle. I think we're going to move through the cycle a lot quicker And I'm already seeing Sydney and Melbourne moving through their cycle a lot quicker than normal too. So I think Perth's going to follow suit when it comes around. Can't continuously grow. It has to take a breath, just like breathing. You breathe in, you breathe out. And that's how the cycle is going to work. But um, rents are certainly continuing to increase, which can support more upside. Boy, oh boy, rents need to increase across Melbourne and Sydney, especially because the yields are so low. You can come to Perth and get a far better yield. So units classed, Perth is approaching peak of market. They're actually putting units at the same stage as houses now. So even though Perth units haven't really had much of a a gain, they're sort of at least back to where some of the values were two or three years ago after having some declines. And for some people, they are still under where they paid. And I just got off the phone with one of our clients, unfortunately still 150 odd thousand down on where they paid. So best to... Buy a larger land component if you are looking to invest in Perth, I still believe. And you can look at, you know, villas and townhouses as an option, but try to stay out of high density. So here's the core logic indexes. And we're looking at changes over the last three and 12 months, comparing our different capital cities. So the last three months, it's showing Perth's core core logic index to have not changed at all, but we're seeing larger, de- steeper declines in Brisbane at negative 5.4, Melbourne minus 2.9, Sydney minus 4. And when we look over the last year, um, it's showing Sydney down 12.1%, Melbourne down 8.1%, Perth up 36 
and Adelaide up 10.1. So interesting what's happening with the other capitals really pulling back hard. Perth's index is relatively unchanged in the last three months. So again, I think this is just a good top level stat to look at what's happening at the top level, but you need to be looking deeper as to what your suburbs and your price points are doing. And even in you know Sydney and Melbourne, there'd be some suburbs that are holding their own, some that are still growing, and the more of the majority would be going backwards to affect that top level index, if that makes sense. When we compare and look at the capital cities, we can see which segments of the market are also changing the most. And I mentioned there about different suburbs potentially growing and others declining. You can see for Perth that our lower end has had a 0.4% change over the last three months, whereas the 50th percentile, the middle, has had a negative 0.1% change and the upper 75th percentile has had a 0% change. So it just goes to show that there is more activity and pressure on prices in the lower end now, and I'd agree with that. And then when you look in the other states, you can see that there's been bigger price drops in the higher end of Brisbane and especially Hobart's pulled back a lot, Melbourne again. So their upper ends are hurting more and pulling back in price by more. So capital city rental yields, I thought it'd be worth comparing Perth. We're at 4.7% rental yield, uh, which is the second strongest in the country other than Darwin, which is at 6.3. And I would be needing to be have iron wits to go into Darwin. It seems to be even more affected by mining than, than Perth is. We've at least got some other industries to give us more stability. But when you compare our rental yield compared to the other capitals, it's it's clear why investors are coming here when you look at Melbourne and Sydney are at 3.1 and 3.3%. So you can have a much bigger gap on uh, your loan interest bills to pay. So factors affecting our market now. Where are we at in terms of the overall economic clock for Australia? Not an exact science, but we can start seeing what things are happening and it can give us a guide as to how the interplay between the stock market, the economy, um, house prices and you know availability of finances all work together. And then we're going to drill down into some of them in a minute. So we've definitely got our major capitals falling in real estate values. We've got a tightening of money, which is part of this uh, downward cycle too. And interestingly enough, the share market has been starting to rise and make a decent comeback over the last year. So that's one part from around further in the clock, which will start to signal recovery. The other step we're looking for that will signal recovery is falling interest rates. So again, stay tuned for the latter half of this year to see what the RBA does and whether that will signal us around into the next stages of our economic clock. So you can see if you're watching the video that the RBA's cash rate was increased again in November and December since I last came to you in October. We had 0.25% increases and the cash rate is now at 3.1%. So they're definitely slowing down the rates of increase. And when we look at the futures market, which is the ASX 30-day interbank cash rate futures, the market is pricing in a further increase of around, what is it, 0.6%. 
So they're expecting another 0.6% to be the peak. And actual rates at the moment, if you look at for most borrowers, can get 5 to 5.5%. The neutral rate in the past has been about this point. So we're at the, just on the upper end of where we've been at for the, the neutral rate. So I'm really expecting that there shouldn't be too much more of an increase. And that's what the market is thinking. We might see another, I reckon, 2.25s and or they might wait and see what the impact is. But I'll go into the inflation rate in a minute. And that's what is also we're still waiting to see if it's going to start decreasing, but hasn't been. Now, homeowner lending by state, you can see that homeowners in November gradually been decreasing in the homeowner lending in WA. Other states have been certainly a lot more pronounced in how rapidly they've been decreasing. So Victoria and New South Wales, as you'd expect, sharp decreases in the homeowner lending there. Queensland's moved to being a lot sharper in its de- its decrease in lending. So Perth holding up pretty well. As far as the homeowners are concerned, investor lending has had a decrease in Perth still over the last six months, but again, holding up much better than the other states where investors are just leaving in droves, not looking you know, to buy there. And we're certainly seeing that activity in the people that we speak to every day that might have been looking in other states and are now looking here. First home buyer lending has continued its sharp decline in all states. So Perth's no different to the others in that. And it's very much a result of many of them getting in during the building grants and continuing to struggle with affordability. As interest rates increase, it's not exactly making it any easier for first home buyers to get into the market either, is it? Now, this is what I was starting to refer to before with the inflation rate, and this is showing the quarterly changes have, you know, still remained high and increasing at nearly 2% per quarter. Overall, for the last year, it's been a 7.8% increase in the CPI, showing um, inflation in a typical basket of goods and services, but it's the highest rate since 1990, so pretty crazy. As far back as this is recorded, uh, the highest rate we've had is high eights, 8% since 1989. Hasn't showed any signs of decreasing this CPI yet, which is, I know it lags and takes a while for interest rates to show up the impacts. Just generally seeing opinions and talk amongst the economy, people are feeling it, are changing their habits, are you know stopping some of their luxury spending, the you know, spending on dinners and other things and instead, you know, cooking at home. But when you've got the cost of your produce and your fruit and vegetables and everything going up as well, it's, it's hard to escape it. So you'd have to hope that we're going to start seeing a change in this inflation because otherwise they will keep increasing interest rates, unfortunately. So owning property is a great hedge to offset inflation and the cost of our dollar is decreasing so any debt that you have any borrowings that you have you know they're only becoming less in their relative value so that's one good thing about being in property and and having debt against property at this time because we come out the other end of it maybe five years we're seeing you know 35 percent of our money relative value drop over that sort of five-year period that means a a million dollar loan that you've got from five years ago Know, might only be worth 700000 in relative value. So a good way to hedge against this crazy inflation that's occurring. 
Now, this is what I mentioned earlier about our stock market. The All Ordinaries is up around 8% on the same time last year. And we're nearly back to our previous high of around uh, May 2022. So certainly a lot of confidence in the overall stock market and in businesses at the moment in Australia, which is a good sign. And you know shows that uh, things are traveling pretty well. You'd imagine that you know the doom and gloom would be a hell of a lot worse if not only the Sydney and Melbourne property market were struggling, but the stock market was as well. So I think uh, a lot of investors that might have been investing in Sydney and Melbourne property are now probably also looking to put their money in the stock market, which is pushing things up as well. Highlights of the WA economy is another big growth driver, which shows the underpinning fundamentals that we have here in Perth being so strong. We've still got an unemployment rate of 3.5%, which is excellent. Participation rate of 69%, which is actually the highest across all states, which is another key stat that goes alongside the unemployment rate. And we've got the highest weekly earnings of all states still at $1,492 a week. When you couple all those things together with having the most affordable housing and the highest rental yields. That's why you know there is still so much interest and we're bucking the trend of Sydney and Melbourne at the moment. Now, economic forecasts for WAs is from the state government was recently updated for their mid-year revision and they're expecting us to exceed our state final demand and exceed our gross domestic product, which was budgeted for the year. So that's fabulous. We're also expected to have a lower than expected uh, unemployment rate. So 3.5 is expected for the year when we had 3.75 in the budget. And population growth is looking to exceed what was expected to at 1.5%, maintaining this sort of level over the next three years, which will underpin a lot of uh, our rental market and sale market moving forward. So all very good numbers for us. And you know, it gives me confidence in what's ahead for Perth. Now, the iron ore price, has had a bit of a bounce back over the last two to three months since I last looked. Compared to the long-term average, it's still relatively high. And reading about some of the factors affecting it, it's looking like China's economic slowdown is not going to be as great. And hopefully they can come out of lockdown and the need for our resources can you know, kick off again. And that's why there's a bit more enthusiasm and a, and a recent spike in iron oil prices increasing. Now, I wanted to include this slide because Although the population growth numbers are delayed, it's showing that the net overseas migration and the interstate migration is positive for WA. That's great that we're seeing that population increase. Unlike New South Wales and Victoria, they're losing people to the other states. So we're probably seeing many of them move across to WA. It'll be interesting to see how this stat plays out over the coming year and where we finished up for 2022, but this is only available until June 2022 at the moment. I expect it'll further go WA's way and WA's favour with migrants. I guess we just have to wait and see what the stats show, but I'm anecdotally seeing it in uh, the properties we're selling and renting.
So tips to survive and thrive. Really, I'm not going to change this tip. Focus on buying quality without any major negatives because when the market turns, you'll regret potentially being on that busy road or next to that power line. Not worth the trade-offs in my opinion. Sold enough of those difficult properties over the years to know. I still say that it's take the opportunity to get in now while the negative media focuses on the East Coast capitals and we're still missing that final ingredient of confidence that's going to really surge our market once I think interest rates level and that's really going to help confidence return and you know things could jump up quite substantially if you've um, had the opportunity to get in now take it it's still great value buying and there's exceptional rental yields on offer that are only increasing to offset gains in in increases in interest rates where to buy get in touch for our buyers info pack we've updated all of that research in the last month and it's already at a very low affordable price check the show notes for a link for uh, where to order that or go to our website and go to the investing section and finally, make sure that your property manager, and if you're using us, you don't have to worry about this one, continues to increase rents so you can offset your increase in interest rate rises. Now, my crystal ball for the next year, it hasn't changed too much on three months ago. I'm expecting rents to increase a further 10% over the next 12 months at least. Immigrants are being drawn back to Perth. We've got very attractive low house prices and unemployment and my great migration policies. See episode 83 for migration insights for a bit more on why those policies are helping us get the the lion's share of migrants as well i think more investors are going to continue to buy attracted by the low price and high rental yield with good prospects for growth over the next two years We've got solid economic fundamentals and i expect at least five to ten percent growth for inner and desirable areas and at least 10% growth for the outer areas, which is more of the lower priced end is going to grow by more over the shorter term over the next year, I believe. So for further help, if you're considering sale, get a complimentary appraisal from me. I handle all the sales personally for us at investorsedge.com.au slash appraisal. Make sure you're on our property investor update to get notification of any events we do to receive our suburb insight reports for your suburbs of interest and uh, to get our podcast updates and get in touch if you want any help with buying. So we've got a number of different investor support services. Check out investorsedge.com.au slash invest and that's where you can get our buyer's info pack from as well. Now... Finally, just want to thank you for joining me on this episode. If you've enjoyed it, give us a like or share it with some friends. Really appreciate the positive reviews that people are posting as well. And I'll catch you on the next one. See ya. Just a reminder, the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature. As we don't know your specific situation, you should always seek professional advice before taking any action. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group to be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. I'll see you in the group. Thank you.